The Moment Has Arrived. I'm Tom Dickinson, and you are, in fact, listening to The Moment, a podcast that dares to talk about Doctor Who on the internet. Every week, I invite a different guest on the show, and that guest brings with them a particular moment that they have a lot of strong feelings about, or an interesting take on, or just a lot to say about from an episode of Doctor Who. This week, we are breaking the combo a little bit because we're not talking about another moment from the day of the Doctor. Two in a row is fine. Three would just be excessive. Instead, I'm joined by Sanjay Lago, a writer, actor, and theater maker based out of Scotland, who I was lucky enough to meet at last year's Gallifrey One convention in Los Angeles. Sanjay joined me back in August to talk about a moment from 2008's Journey's End, the finale of Series 4. In this episode, David Tennant plays the Tenth Doctor, and he actually also plays the Metacrisis Tenth Doctor, a pseudo-regeneration that takes on a life of its own. It's a whole thing. That isn't the important part. The important part is that both of these Tenth Doctors and a whole slew of companions and supporting characters from the preceding few years of the show and its spinoffs have all come together to face off against the Daleks and their creator Davros, who has stolen dozens of planets from across the universe, including Earth, of course, and arranged them inside of the Medusa Cascade to power a universe-destroying superweapon called the Reality Bomb. The Doctor and friends, of course, end up saving the day, wiping out the Daleks, destroying their reality bomb, and returning all the stolen planets to the place and time where they belong, except for the last planet, Earth. And as the whole crowd stands in the TARDIS, the Doctor has an idea how to put the Earth back where it belongs. That is where Sanjay's moment happens. So the moment that I have chosen is in Journey's End at the end when all the companions and the Doctor, two Doctors, are all round the TARDIS. Sarah, hold that now. Mickey, you And the Doctor that. says... Do you know why this TARDIS is always rattling about the place? It's because of really a team here. Yeah. It's designed to have six pilots and I have to do it single-handed. And he goes round and he thinks, Sarah Jane, you hold that down. Rose, you do that. Now we can fly this thing. Mickey, you do that. Mm, no, Jackie, no, no, not you. Don't touch anything, just... Jackie, don't do anything. Stand by. Like it's meant to be flown. They are sending back the planet, the only planet left. We're going to fly planet Earth. It's Earth. Back home. Right then. And they all like, off we go. Fly back home and they're all together. And it's that sense of like coming together. That is my moment of that scene of togetherness. And just also shows the arc of those four years of everybody that started with the new generation. And I've seen all those characters together. Did you watch this at the time that it aired? Yes, I did. I also remember I was on a school trip to a theme park and we stopped off at like a gas station on the way and I picked up a newspaper and decided leafing through it and I spoiled what Davros was going to look like for myself. And I got so annoyed and I was like, why... Why did I do that? Why did I flip through? Because I was at that age where I was like, oh, I want to see Doctor Who spoilers. Yeah, I got a pretty big spoiler. Did you tend to spoil things for yourself a lot? No, not really. But I think being at that age, I was in school, I was really, really into Doctor Who. So anything, newspapers, magazines, I was like loving it. I think as I've gotten older now, I've kind of been like, no, I don't, I don't want to know this yet. I'm going to leave it there. But back then, I was just this, like eager child to know, who is this? Who is this? Because I'd seen like images of it and I'd heard through the grapevine that they are going to bring back this old character. I was like, I want to know what he looks like. Yeah, I saw him. It is only fitting that you should bear witness to the 
commiseration and the triumph of Davros, Lord and creator of the Dalek race. And there are also tons of rumors about like which former companions were coming back. Um, yeah. Tell her that been there. Right, it all makes sense. That been there. Rose turning up in the first episode of uh, the series in Partners in Crime had been like a big, a big shock, uh, a great reveal. And uh, which, if I'm honest, kind of annoyed me. Really? Why? I kind of wanted just Donna, but then when I got to the end, I was like, okay. When I got to turn left, I'm like, I get it. I know why she was here. But part of me was just like, you've had your time. Move on. You've had two series. Now you're getting like part of a third. I think looking at it now and seeing the full story, watching it all and seeing the whole arc, I get it. But I think part of me also just wanted to see just more of the Doctor and Donna together and have their, them to have more stories. Because we look at the Sontar and Stratagem, that kind of became... Martha, Donna, Donna, Martha, please don't fight. I can't bear fight. About <laughs> Dr. Donna and Martha. Turn left became about... Donna Noble, you're the most important woman in the whole of creation. Donna and Rose. So at times I'm just like, I want to get just that character, but what's the word? I also kind of go against what I say, I contradict myself, because mm. I just love all those episodes, and I, feel, I think those characters are great when they come in. So part of me is like, oh, shut up, Sanjay. It's great. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Which characters were you most excited to see again? Hello? I was actually to see Martha back. Martha Jones! I feel like the actress is brilliant, but making her like, oh, the Doctor, you don't love me. That character, I was like, oh, no, we don't need this. She's such an empowering character, Martha. And it was just great seeing her coming back and be like, no, I ain't going with you. I'm going to stay in there. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for uh, Freema to kind of strut her stuff a little bit more in a different way. Yeah. It's kind of funny in um in The Stolen Earth, we see Rose actually gets a little bit jealous of, of Martha. Who's she? I want to get free. Martha, where yeah, are she's you? Like, Who's she? I should be here. And you're like, actually, you shouldn't be here. It's not your moment. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun to see kind of the shoe on the other foot there. For me, I think the ones I was most interested, uh, I was most excited to see was... Uh, Our Smith's got to stick together. Nikki and Jackie. Jackie Tyler, Rose's mum. Now, where the hell is my daughter? Just because I hadn't known they were coming back. I, th- I think they were. They brought a whole lot of interesting perspective to the show, especially being the sort of characters who started off as part of Rose's "quote unquote" normal life. Mm. Um, so seeing seeing them come back uh, was was definitely fun for me. Yeah, kind of relating to that. Yeah, I agree. Like the it's going to sound really bad, but like the side characters, I feel like. So seeing Jackie and Mickey. Are you all right? Seeing Luke with Sarah Jane. Oh, some sort of cross-dimensional spatial transference. Mm. But it's not. Seeing the Torchwood team. What? Yato, you okay? No broken bones. It was a really nice touch because I feel like for me growing up, it brought all those worlds together. Another character I was really excited to see was Francine, Martha's mum. Like just seeing her, like the actress is brilliant. I've met her a couple of times and she is phenomenal even on stage and on screen. But just seeing her, like she's not even in it that much. She comes in and talks about the end of the world. You came back to me. The end of the world. You came home. Timmy. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I think she got a chance to show a little bit more, um, I guess, warmth for that character. Yeah. Whereas in in series three, when that character appeared, she was very much. Oh, Mrs. Jones. We still haven't finished our chat. Keep away from my daughter. Almost an antagonist, not re- not really like an enemy, but she was. He is dangerous. I've been told things. What are you talking about? She was very down on the Doctor and Martha being together. So. Yeah, and I feel like now she's kind of seen the importance of the Doctor and how important he is. And that came through for me as well. If they were to do a scene kind of like this in an upcoming series of Doctor Who, where all of the Doctor's friends from the past came back to, you know, work together to to help the Doctor accomplish a task, who is it that you think you'd like to see? I would like to see back Amy. I would like to see Danny Pink. Hmm. 
Not with Clara. It has to be said, Sarah Jane, Donna, Captain Jack, Amy and Rory, actually. I'm now just picturing it in my TARDIS, who I'd want. <laughs> and I'd, actually, if she never died... Graham, Ryan's in danger. We don't have time to argue. Okay. I would really have liked to have seen um, Sharon D. Clark's character in the TARDIS. Is it wrong to be enjoying this? Yes! <laughs> mm. So yeah, mine is quite a weird TARDIS. I think also if I'm looking at classic, I'd like to see like Joe Grant with Ace, with Susan. I'd really like to see Susan and a TARDIS. Mm, yeah. Also, if I'm honest, I'd also like to just see a full black and Asian TARDIS of every companion who wasn't white Hello. with the roof doctor. I'm the doctor. That'd be quite a thing to see. I mean, when you when you look at the assemblage of characters that you have here, it's you know, it's mostly white faces. You also have Martha and Mickey, but yeah. it's it's mostly white faces in terms of the Doctor and the companions. And they're also very, maybe this is just looking at them, but they're also very able-bodied. Mm, true. And I think I'd like to see a companion who's not able-bodied because all companions that I've seen have all been able to run about in that. And I'm just like, that's not a reflection on people in society. And also looking at it, they're all very body shape-wise. They're all very one shape. And that also annoys me. It's true, yeah. It's like what it's like they're trying to put on like what you see in a magazine, like that is what a body should look like. And I'm like, actually, no. Where are our curvaceous, gorgeous companions? Where are our disabled companions? And we're only just getting... People of colour like What's Yaz. PC Khan, Hallamshire Police. Name, not title. Yasmin Khan. Yaz to my friends. Can I have your name, please? Was for me the first South Asian that I'd seen on those shows. Mm. Whereas in Sarah Jane Adventures, we had the family, but looking at Doctor Who, we don't see much South Asian representation. And I was just saying this. So today is the 73rd anniversary of Indian independence and partition. But in the UK, when we had Jodie Whitaker's first series, and they showed Partition. It's the 17th of August. That was the first time a lot of people had heard that history. Yeah. 1947. And that just really frustrates me. I'm like, Partition. this is why I want to see more companions of colour. In the middle of the Partition of India. Um, on that show. But yeah, that's my thoughts. And it's great we have LGBT characters. I'm really glad like how forward we are in those times, in those areas now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. I know Russell T. Davies being a gay man, that was an important part of his identity. And so it was... Mm-hmm. Um, pretty natural for him to bring that to Doctor Who. And I think that speaks yeah. to the importance of getting, um, you know, a diverse group of talent behind the scenes as well as in front, because, you know, behind the scenes really motivates what, what goes on in, in front of the camera. And also just like, it was a really interesting point during Black Lives Matter when it has happened and the weekly lockdown viewings were happening. And I was on a thread and I was reading it. And just to hear that someone had said every black character has been killed off or made to feel really low, so like Mickey. Is that Ricky? It's Mickey, and why should I? Was always Mickey the idiot. Mickey the idiot, I might just choke before I finish this sentence, but uh, I need you. Danny Pink dies. Danny Pink is dead. Bill dies. My friend Bill Potts was turned into a Cyberman. And I was like, yeah. She gave her life so the people she barely knew could live. We saw that a lot, like, so I'd like to see stories that aren't stereotyped. Equality and diversity for me isn't just a tick box. Yeah, so I think going forward in the future, I'd like to see more companions that we haven't seen before. One of the interesting things about this episode is that, you know, it has this moment, which is one of the most, it's a very joyful moment of togetherness, but also at the end of the episode, it's one of the oh, doctor. loneliest moments we see. What about you now? Who have you got? I mean, all those friends of yours, they've all got someone else. It, and this kind of kicks off. Still, that's fine. A period of time where the Doctor is traveling I'm fine. completely on, on his own. Which of these do you enjoy seeing more on the show? The Doctor surrounded by family and friends or the Doctor kind of as the lone wanderer? I actually like him when he's got people next to him. There's something really nice about him having 
people around him. Mm. But then also there's something really nice about him being alone, like that suffering and that anger. Not that I like people suffering, but like just his character is like, how does he deal with it? Mm. It's really interesting. So I like the build up for him being alone to finding someone. I think that's between those two but I am. Yeah. One another thing that's that kind of runs through this episode is when when Davros is talking to the doctor. He points out that a lot of the people that the doctor surrounds him with either become turned into, you know, soldiers who do violence. You take ordinary people and you fashion them into weapons. Or, you know, in some cases people who associate with him end up dying. Just think how many have died in your name. I wonder if you think Davros has a point where the doctor isn't always necessarily a positive influence for the people in his orbit. I kind of think he doesn't make them into warriors or soldiers. He makes them into people that are stronger. This is why I love Doctor Who growing up when I was in school, because I was being bullied. Well, it gives you a space to feel confident to know that you're not alone. Hmm. So I wouldn't say he makes them into soldiers. I think he makes them into stronger people, but then that strongerness, that strength, if you like, can come out in a different way. So it might just be that he sees them as being soldiers, but they're actually just trying to do what's right. Yeah, it's a very weird one, that one. Because, again, when you look at the montage of all the people that have died, like people like Jabe, who dies in the end of the world. You can't. The heat's going to vent through this place. I know. Jabe, you're made of wood. Then stop wasting time, Time Lord. Yes, she was trying to help him, but just because she's a tree, she burnt. And he doesn't want to turn these people into, but I think just because of the building of making them stronger that's how they turn out to these soldiers. Mm. I think Martha also, out of all of them, maybe did become a soldier. Is that what you did to her? Turned her into a soldier? But only because of the struggles she faced that kind of hardened her. To kind of jump jump to a different track, uh, how did you first become a Doctor Who fan? In 2005, I had started high school and I was being badly bullied. I was at the point where like, I didn't really want to... I was going through some really bad negative thoughts, feeling really down all the time. And I was just like, I just don't want to be here. And then Doctor Who started and I watched the first episode, Rose. We're falling through space, you and me, clinging to the skin of this tiny little world. And if we let go... And I was just like, whoa, that's who I am. Wow. Now forget me, Rose Tyler. And I was just taken aback by it. And go home. Every Saturday it kind of became like, 45 minute out for me and then you also had like half an hour of Doctor Who Confidential follow Doctor Who Confidential as we go behind the scenes of this series finale one which rocks the Doctor to his core so it kind of became like another and a half two hours of just being in a different world and it helped with my mental health and just having that thing to take me away from the bullies in school and at the same time I bought all the Doctor Who books the BBC Doctor Who books that were out at the time so when it wasn't on TV I would read the books I got the DVDs then, I would just watch it, watch it, watch it, and I would eagerly be like, when's the next season, when's the next season? So Doctor Who, in 2005, 15 years ago, kind of became the thing that helped me get through a rough patch. Mm. And then as I was watching it, I really enjoyed the acting on it, the stories. At the same time, my drama teacher was helping me with confidence building. So in a way, Doctor Who's kind of gone hand in hand with one, making me want to choose an acting career, and two, just helped me with my confidence and not be so down. So... That's how I got into Doctor Who. And then it also helped me come out to my parents last year. And um, so when I came out to them, when I came out to my mom, I watched a bit of Doctor Who beforehand just to build my nerves, to not be so nervous. So yeah, Doctor Who's kind of been there as like a support kind of thing hmm. in so many ways. Do you remember what you watched? When I came out? Yeah. 
I watched. What did I watch? Oh yeah, I do. Mm, this is so stupid. I watched Journey's End. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this is another reason why I chose this episode. Is like that togetherness just made me think of how I'm not alone. Hmm, yeah, there's always people there that I can talk to, and then now being at Galley, I've even though like we're all so far away, I've met people that I can talk to. Right, right. So yeah, wow. Just talk about that there flashback. <laughs> wow. I think for me, when I think about that moment in that season, I'm just like, that for me is Doctor Who. You've got the aliens, you've got the art, you've got the emotion, you've got the comedy, you've got the returning faces. And I think another thing that I love about this moment in Journey's End is Murray Gold's score. Yeah. It is so powerful and emotional as well. I think that's what I enjoy, is that powerful song of the choir. <laughs> I can't sing it. I've not got a voice. But that's what I enjoy. I think... That always pulls at heart, and you're like, oh, they're pulling air, oh, they're singing. Yeah, I think this the piece of music that plays in this scene specifically. Ude can sing! I think it comes from Planet of the Ood. He took that, but he also like added more percussion to it, so it now has even more of like an upbeat and triumphant and like driving forward feeling. I can hear it! And that's what this story for me is you finally get to see where they've all been. Mm. Looking at Donna and Journey's End and looking at the arc up to that moment how things weave up to Donna Noble's ending, how she is the Doctor Donna, that is just incredible whereas I've not seen that with anybody else. There's no other arcs that I'm like yes, round of applause. Mm. I think Clara's arc and I ain't a fan of Clara. Jenna Coleman is amazing. Clara. She was this impossible girl and all of a sudden she just became a girl and you're like Okay, but what was what about what was that story? That could have been something really amazing, but it just became hard being normal. Clara's my fave. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Everyone's got their faves. Everyone's got their least faves. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. I just feel like she became this whiny wee girl, and I'm like, woman, come on, you've had your time. Like when she became old in that Christmas episode. How long has it been? Oh, well, you know, she should have just died then. About sixty-two years. I would have been so happy if she went then, and we got a new companion. Two seasons of Bill. I think I'm just really picky as well. I really love Russell T. Davies' series because maybe I'm biased because I started with his writing mm. and I had it kind of embedded in me. That's what I started with. So I kind of became comfortable with that, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I always enjoy the first four series to watch. Whereas I enjoyed Matt Smith. Peter Capaldi's a brilliant actor, again, Scottish, but his writing, I feel like, wasn't strong. And if I'm honest, I think series five onwards, I'm like, I don't know what one to watch. Even though I do watch them, but nothing really properly stands out so like mm. yeah for me i just feel like the writing just isn't up to scratch and i feel like russell t davies mind is like wow like also currently with like jodie whitaker i think brilliant doctor but we've not had much character development and then they've made her the timeless child you are the timeless child and you're just like what coming no no i'm not Saying that all aside, though, without the right note, again, I'm contradicting myself. I still love it, though. I still binge-watch every episode. Right. I still enjoy watching the Doctor go on these journeys, but, yeah. So, can't really complain. Yeah. Even though I have. But, again, taking all those things that I've said are negatively, I do love the show, and even though there are things that sometimes I'm like, nah, don't like this, don't like that, the smiles it brings to me and how I feel with my family and my friends just I like when we're all together and I think that's mm. what COVID's been hard is not being around people but right. Doctor has reminded me that they're still there they're just all doing their thing speaking of, of that have you watched much Doctor Who during the pandemic oh my god yes 
Oh my god, it's been such a help. I think Doctor Who's one of those things that is like a comfort viewing for me as well, just when I'm not feeling great, shove on an episode of Doctor Who. And also because lockdown started, like my birthday was on the Friday and we went into lockdown on the Monday, but shops were already closing down. Uh, I went and bought classic DVDs. I've got some Doctor Who books over lockdown. Like I've spent a lot of Doctor Who books, but I've also bought a lot of big Finnish audiobooks. So yeah, not even just watching it, but listening and reading it. I was wondering if that had something to do with the reason you chose this moment, because this is a moment that's very much about togetherness, but this time in our lives has been very much about isolation. Yeah, because like that moment when they're all hugging in the end, it reminded me of like the last day of school before summer when you're saying bye. So I was thinking of that and I was just thinking about like moments of like coming together. And during lockdown, it's been weird. Like even though we've got social media and Zoom, it's not the same as like giving someone a hug and seeing them in person. So yeah, it's been really interesting how that scene for me is all about me and my friend and coming together but then now we like even still friends that would usually hug i met a friend yesterday she was like no no we can't hug and i'm just like oh there's even a zoom well not so much in in this episode but more in the stolen earth there's like the zoom conversation yeah it's not zoom it's the subwave network this, ladies and gentlemen this is the subwave network very interesting thing to see on a, um, a tv show from 12 years ago a sentient piece of software programmed to seek out anyone and everyone who can help to contact the doctor you mentioned galley was galley your first uh, convention Outside of the UK, yes, I've only ever been to two conventions in Glasgow, mm. where I'm from. I've never been to one outside. And I'm really thankful I went to Galley because I had been trying to go to Galley for four years, but I was in drama school and every time Galley fell, the new term would start. And I always said to my best friend, Leslie, who told me about it, and first year I was like, I'm going to go. And when the tickets came out for Galley this year, I was like, I'm buying it. And... Then he announced Christopher Eccleston. I'm like, shut the front door. <laughs> First ever convention and it's him. And I am so glad I went. Like, it's been great just having a new community to talk to, even though like we're all miles away. But through what lockdown's shown us is we might be miles away, but we now have new means to talk. We have our own subwave network. Exactly, yeah. And that is what I enjoy about this episode is, like, no matter where you are, you will always have a subwave network of friends. That's the beauty of the subway. I just, I just keep thinking that we were so lucky to have that convention too, because if it had been like a couple of weeks later, then oh my god, yeah, it, it would have would have been called off. I know that was the last like major social event that I I went to before we've all been forced inside of our our homes. Yeah, I absolutely loved. It. I think the people I met there have been incredible. Meeting yourself, meeting Joy, meeting Abby, meeting so many people, meeting Phil, who's basically just like a mini me, but in the future, it was just really great to meet people and also. I've been to conventions where, like, the actors can be a bit like, oh, hi. But with Galley, it was different. Mm. They all spoke. People got to know you. I've made so many friends since then. I've been in so many groups talking to people. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about it. It was a convention, but it wasn't like, ah, get your autograph, move, get your autograph, move. It felt like, it's going to sound so cheesy, but it felt like a big family of people that are just interested in the same thing and want to spend time together. And I'd never stayed in a Marriott hotel before, so that was lovely. <laughs> Sitting by the pool in the sauna. This is perhaps a bit corny, but like the the kind of happy family fun time atmosphere of this scene, this moment in in Journey's End, reminds me of Doctor Who conventions. Oh my god, yeah. The values of the show get reflected in into the real world, and you mentioned like the way the actors are, like the you know I've been to some a couple professional cons where it's just like clear that the actor is there to get their paycheck and charge money for autographs and then get out as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. But there was a real emotional feeling just to see how, how good of a time Christopher Eccleston was having there after never having done one of those fan conventions. 
mentions before. And that felt very emotional in a lot of the same ways that this episode is emotional in that it's like a homecoming almost. Like he's back among family after after having been kind of apart from us for a while. Yeah, because I think another thing that I loved about this convention is I've never been to a convention where we have POC gatherings, LGBTQIA gatherings, mm. different gatherings, ribbons. Oh my God, I got maybe like 300 ribbons. <laughs> it felt like Journey's End, everybody coming together. And enjoying, and I felt so. I the convention ended at like five, and I got the bus at six to the airport, and I felt so sad going to the airport. I was like, I don't want to leave. But yeah, I just yeah, I totally agree. It does feel like Galia's a big moment in journey's end. Yeah, I mean, especially during the pandemic, I've been turning to media, film, television, books, etc., to like find metaphors to explain yeah how I'm feeling. And this is a great one because, like you said, like the thought of leaving a convention is kind of like how how David Tennant is at the end of this, at the end of Journey's End, where he's he's just been with all his friends and he's had to say goodbye to them in different ways, and then he's off on his own. Still, that's fine. That's me in quarantine. I'm fine. It's also just really like saying, having that moment with it all together, and then at the end of that, you need to say bye to people, and then you need to wipe someone's Mm. mind. And I think what I always find really hard about that episode is just at the end where he goes, Donna, I was just going. He just goes, Yeah, see ya. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, you're wasting your time with that one. Because Susie May, she went on that table side. She's amazing in a room together, aka the TARDIS, and I was like, Yeah, whatever, bye. Yeah, that's tragic. Still a little path. Yeah, and I kind of felt like that was me at the end of Gala. I was like, okay, bye. Bye. Bye, Wilfred. I just think this episode just makes me think how much I love this show as well. Mm. I think I'm always going to be biased and will always just enjoy it because it's just, it takes me out 50 minutes, 45 minutes of a breather, which I need. And just from on a mental health level, Doctor Who's kind of like that thing that helps with my mental health, if I'm honest. So every time someone's like, oh, Doctor Who, I don't like it, I'm like, well, you don't have taste. And that does it for this episode of The Moment. Thank you again to Sanjay Lago, who you can find over on Twitter at Sanjay Lago. You can also find out more about his acting and writing work over at his website, sanjaylago.co.uk. If you are clamoring to know more about this podcast, you can find back episodes, show notes, relevant links, and a secret hidden treasure map over at themomentpod.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Moment Pod or on Instagram, also at The Moment Pod. And you can support the show by giving it small amounts of money at patreon.com slash The Moment Pod. I was just kidding about the treasure map. There isn't one. Or is there? Uh, no. I'm Tom Dickinson, and I'll be back in a moment. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Copyright Sanjay's idea is never going to happen unless someone bigs listening to this and let's chat. But I would love to see a spin-off of all the old characters. Because let's be honest, a lot of the actors are getting older. They might not be on this planet much longer. Let's get their stories in. I would love to see something like Time Lord Victorious, but with like companions. Yeah, that'd be Compan- cool. Like companions that maybe even didn't get much time. Maybe no Clara. I'm joking. <laughs> We'll give, we'll give you Clara, Tom. This conversation's like, over. Goodbye. But like, when you look at the Goodbye Sarah Jane, that was done for lockdown. That was that was another great um, moment of like a lot of different characters coming back. Obviously, we don't get to see the actors in many cases, but a lot of characters, I think Ian and Barbara are mentioned in that and various different classic companions. And then you've got Ace came into it and yeah. then Joel Grant came back. 
but I like my thing was just, oh, you got married to Sanjay. Hey, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah, definitely not. I'm Sarah Jane's son-in-law now. Yay. <laughs>